we need to start thinking differently about our urban landscape and the, the infrastructure in our cities so that it is fun and it is interactive and it, it allows people to be part of that city and feel part of that community. Thank you everybody for joining us once again here at the Garden of Life Dubai podcast. Our episode today is entitled Step by Step, What It Takes, and we will be talking about the genius of taking something as some would qualify as dreary, which is walking, that we do every day, into something useful, highlighting the shared vision, which is everybody can take part in positive change. With us here is Lawrence Campbell Cook, PaveGen CEO. So Lawrence, thank you for sharing your voice here today in the name of sustainability. Welcome. Great. Well, really excited to be here today. So thanks so much. Perfect. So before we go diving into the business of energy and sustainability, could you please share a little about yourself and your professional experience and how you got to find your way to PaveGen? Yeah, so um, I'm the founder of PaveGen and I'm an engineer, I'm a tinkerer, I'm, a, I'm an inventor. And what we do is we make floors that convert the, the weight of your footstep into electrical power. When you walk one of our floors, it moves a very small amount, around five millimeters, and we convert that energy through our, our unique technology uh, into power. We can store this power overnight and use it in the day, and we can use people in any environment where there are people, we can use the energy. So thinking about the Middle East, you know, there's lots of shopping malls, there's busy airports, busy transport hubs, including, you know, subway stations, and metros, uh, schools, um, sports stadiums. So anywhere where people move, there's a chance to generate power. And um, my, my journey really started as um, I did a, an internship at one of the biggest energy companies in Europe. And uh, when I joined this energy company, they said, look, Lawrence, we know you're a, a designer, like a design engineer. They said, look, can you build us a streetlight that is powered by solar energy or by the wind? So I went away thinking about this problem and trying to solve it. And I stumbled across an issue. The issue is, is that in dense urban environments, there isn't really good solar energy. Now, Think of all the shading from buildings. Now, in, in the Middle East, still there, you know, there is still high shading in urban environments and dense areas. Now, when you go out to the desert, fine. And then also wind. Wind works well uh, in the UK and the North Sea and the ocean, but you can't you really use wind in dense urban areas also. So after a year, I failed. They fired me and hanging my head in shame, I left that company. <laughs> But I was really frustrated at this mm. and hanging my head in shame. I, I, I kind of sat in my student dorm room mm. thinking about this problem of energy. And I thought, well, look, if I can't use the sun and I can't use the wind, where else is there an abundant form of power? And I thought, hey, what about people? You know, there's more and more people in our cities. What mm. about people power? So, you know, I went away and built the first prototype. It, it took me 14 hours. It was made out of bits of wood and harvesting generators from different consumer products and i showed that one footstep could power an led for 10 seconds and this was my eureka moment mm. and i realized that i was onto something and you know i went on from there and, and that's really where the journey started so 
I spent five years in in my apartment in London thinking about the problem. Uh, it was incredibly challenging. No one believed it would work. No one would invest. And I was just this crazy inventor playing with this crazy prototype, talking about it working. And um, you know, I guess as an entrepreneur, you know, I believe that um, entrepreneurs can solve some of the biggest problems, you know, on our planet. And essentially, I realized that an idea is great, but without communicating it to the world, no one, no one will be interested. So I, I started, um, it started to create some content, it got it went viral, um, so people were interested, but still no one would give me the money I needed. So mm-hmm. I took matters into my own hands and I broke into a building site in London on London's South Bank, which is right in the heart of a city next to the river. And I went in with my friend at two in the morning and we broke into this building site. We had the Pave Gen prototype, which is a, a floor tile that is uh-huh. about 10 centimetres thick. Um, it was around 60 centimetres long and about 40 centimetres wide. So a big, heavy tile. Right. We had a pickaxe, some concrete, a bucket, some water, dug a hole. And we're there mixing concrete at three in the morning, making sure security isn't going to come and get us. Vandalizing. And we mixed it up. <laughs> exactly. Some lighthearted vandalism. You know, yeah. I like to think about it. We were giving art to the, yeah. the community. And um, we wired it up to some lights. So when one person walked, their step would power lots of lighting. And it worked. And we were like, wow. So we're there high-fiving at five in the morning before we scuttle off. Um, with our pictures and, and with very sleepy heads yeah. and um, on my website I said the future of energy is here and put this amazing photo of the product and yeah. it did look it looked amazing it looked like a real product and suddenly my first ever client phoned me up and said Lawrence does it work and this client was Westfield shopping malls so Westfield have around 30 million visitors a year in London and they have malls around Australia and North America and I'm sure many other countries. Mm-hmm. And they said, Lawrence, did it work? And I said, yes. And they said, um, did you install that? I said, yes, I did. They didn't ask me, was it illegal or not? So I didn't break, <laughs> I didn't lie. And Thank they God. And they said, we'd, exactly, exactly. And they said, we'd like to buy one. And I said, oh, I didn't know how much it should be. So I'm there <laughs> in my apartment in London. I haven't left my bedroom for several weeks and I've been playing with prototype and someone to buy it. So I said, hey, okay, that'll be, and I had this kind of unknown look on my face. I said, look, that'll be half a million bucks, please. And then the next day they paid me half a million dollars. And um, my idea went from a bedroom to a boardroom. And, you know, the company became real at that point. And, and really that, you know, the journey started there. And then, you know, let's let's fill in the gaps. And, and now PaveGen is, um, we're backed by the, the richest men in the UK, a private equity firm. Um, part of the Saudi government um, have invested as part of the innovation arm um, called Wadi Maka Ventures. Um, we got a team of just under 50 engineers, designers, developers, salespeople in, in London. Um, we have a tech campus in Cambridge and we operate in around 36 countries, bringing uh, airports and schools and shopping malls to life. So it's been a really exciting journey um, making this kind of a product that essentially didn't exist and bringing it to yeah. life. And uh, I guess, look, here we are. Here we are today. Yeah. I mean, that's totally like that's fascinating, really, Lawrence, because from from when you quote unquote illegally installed <laughs> to na- to now, how long was that journey? So for me, I've, I've been thinking about this for around 10 years. Uh-huh. Um, the first five years were in the experimental stage and we've uh-huh. been uh, generating revenue for, for like 
commercial revenue for about five years. So we've really recently just suddenly ramped ramped up what we're doing, and and we've really you know hit hit the market in a way where people really understand our product. But that is quite something when you say like you didn't even you you got an offer prior to even having a price for it, and I find that really refreshing, if I may say so, because. Most of the people do it the other way around. They got whole spreadsheets of whatnots, right? Everything is commercial, and everything is set to generate bucks, right? But in your case, it's really what this can change, what difference it can make, wouldn't you say? Definitely, yeah, 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 hundred percent. I think that like there's a couple of different ways of of um, building products. I think one is like uh, technology push innovation, um, which is kind of forcing a product into a market. And in a way we had the product, and we didn't know about the market. And then the other one is the market pull, um, which I guess, you know, if I was going to do it again, I'd probably look at the market, understand the gaps and and do it. I, I probably wouldn't have built PaveGen. I wouldn't be here today if I used a market pull analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, we really bought a product to market and no one woke up and said, hey, I want to buy a floor that generates energy today. No, no one even thought about this product category. So in a way, you know, I chose to, a crusade to bring a new product out um, where no one was really aware of it, which which takes longer sometimes. Yeah. But uh, hey, it's great fun. Yeah. Uh, funny how you would say that no one really thought about it because now that it's there and it's out and it's 36 operating in 36 countries or locations, as you said, everybody um, probably was thinking, well, that's easy. Like just walking on something, kinetic energy that's been there for thousands of years. Right. Well, I mean, I, I just think like something as simple as walking. I like people have thought about the idea before. And what's interesting is no one's really executed it in a way that we have that has a product that's extremely durable because mm-hmm. you, you've got some of the harshest environments known to man. I mean, the, the desert in Dubai and, and mm-hmm. just Dubai downtown, um, it's incredibly challenging because these things get so hot. It's like an oven. So you're mm-hmm. literally building a product to withstand these high temperatures. You've got the dust ingress. Um, and then in other, other countries, we have um, really high, um, really high humidity. And that's a, that's a massive issue sometimes as well. So, so it's a, an engineering challenge. So I think what we did is we managed to crack it in a way. Mm-hmm. And we managed to find a product that could have a good price point eventually. It was expensive at first, that could work in multiple environments and um, you know, here we are today with it, but I think we're really lucky to to have kind of engineered a product at the right time um, to to really hit the market like we have. And I'm curious, just for also our listeners' benefit, is this tested and feasible in all sorts of weather weatherproof, or are there versions of it, so to speak, that are in the pipeline to be kind of invented by the inventor? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that I'm lucky to, yeah, like be the inventor, but also be the CEO and go mm-hmm. through, you know, different stages. And I think not everyone does that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly challenging and you learn something new every day. But I think we're, we're on to something really exciting right now. So tell, you, you can be a product and be sustainable, okay. You can be a product and be profitable. Uh, tell us how you think and Oh, you know, well, PaveGen is innovative, sustainable, and profitable all at the same time. What's making it all that? Yeah, I think 
the first thing to look at is um, what what the problems are we're addressing. So I think if you if you look at cities, um, cities are proven for people living in them. Um, they are more they have more money, but they're less happy. Okay? It's the same for London. It's the same for New York. I haven't read any recent uh, news about the Middle East and Dubai, but uh, you know major major cities, people are less happy. Okay, so. We, we've now seen with COVID that cities are, are, are not as exciting places to live. You know, people want to move to the countryside. They want mm. greenery. They want outdoor space. People don't want to be in the cities. And, you know, the city's been built historically as a way to make money for people through their huge developments, lumps of concrete, and, and renting out every square foot for the highest amount possible. But I think what's happened with COVID and this recent, recent change of thought is that actually cities have to work harder to make people come back to them. Um, cities need to make people happy. We talk a lot about smart cities, but actually beyond smart cities, it, it's really about the people first. So mm-hmm. there's a real sense by eminent architects, designers, developers, governments, mayors, that we need to start thinking differently about our urban landscape and that the infrastructure in our cities so that it is fun and it is interactive and it, it allows people to be part of that city and feel part of that community. And then if you also align this with this kind of strong ESG agenda we're seeing now, mm-hmm. is that sustainability is now really high up on people's lists. Um, I think when I first started PaveGen, a head of sustainability in a company, uh, in a large corporation, will be locked in the basement and they'd only come out once a year. <laughs> now, that head of sustainability is either the CEO who yeah. quit and became the head of sustainability, or they have a seat on the board. So mm-hmm. we're seeing like a, a paradigm shift in the, the view of sustainability in large corporations. Now that works well for us because we've been pushing this, but no one wanted to put money into it until now. Mm. So we've got this attrition of sustainability being more and more important and climate change and people like Greta Thunberg really bring it to the front of, of everyone's minds. You've got the cities saying, hey, look, no one's going to be here next year unless we do something serious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this kind of agenda. So what Pageant offers is we offer a way for people to take part in sustainability. Your step is the solution. Your step is the first step of a huge shift in the way people use energy. You are powering part of your city. So mm. I think that we we answer that objective and it's going really well at the moment. Now, I have to caveat and say, you cannot power the whole of Dubai from one human footstep. Um, mm. You know, human energy does have its limits. So, you know, we, we very much like to look at powering like low energy applications that, that utilize the energy as, as best as possible. And I guess, you know, answering the original question is that we, we, how we make money is we, we sell our products, we sell it with a margin, we, manif- we hand assemble the products in London, um, in the heart of, heart of London, we manufacture our products. Um, and then we also, we came up with this idea and we said, look, what if you could reward people for your footsteps? Mm-hmm. So as much as I love energy, if I walk on one of my tiles, the light comes on. I won't stop and look at it for 10 minutes. I I carry on my den and sometimes I even forget. Now, if you could reward people for the footsteps, it'd be a really intriguing proposition. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is, let's say you you walk into Mall of the Emirates, Mm -hmm. your steps power light. Now, you you kind of care about it a little bit, but you you don't really notice the light and you carry on with your day. But Mm -hmm. on the Mall of the Emirates app, you get points for every step. And so it would say to me, it'd say, Lawrence, hey, you've got 10 footsteps. If you get 20 footsteps, we will either give you a discount on that Starbucks you're going to go and buy, or we'll allow you to donate your steps to charity. And don't worry, more of the Emirates will donate 
a dollar for every step you make to a charity of your choice. And so suddenly you found a really authentic way for people to engage with brands and locations and communities like never before through this kind of this this delightful moment of jumping mm. and generating your own energy. So we're really wanting PageGen to be this the, the kind of the, the digital layer in future cities that will allow amazing things to happen. And we think that you know, doing it through this donation and rewards and loyalty platform is, is a way to do it. So we'll, we'll also, that is part of our offering too. And, you know, I just want to circle back to what you said earlier, quote unquote, people power. Um, I like the notion of that because it, it sums it up, you know, the whole one step isn't going to power everything, but it's a start. You know, everything has to start somewhere. And there's... Yeah, um, I look at it like... Uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, just, just on that note, is, is I look at it as, as there's this ambition loop. Okay, there's, there's an ambition loop by governments, big corporations and society to start this change to a zero carbon economy, to hit net zero as soon as we can. Mm. And there's this huge ambition loop that, that will definitely not happen you know, immediately it takes time it takes new buildings to be built in a much greener way and roads and cities but we are the first step in that ambition loop so by stepping on pave gen you're you're it's really the first step of the rest of your life and, yeah. and that's what is kind of signifies our biotechnology yeah exactly and, and there's a lot of parallels there with what you're doing and and it it um, pacifies me it kind of affirms you know the garden of life um dubai initiatives also because we do too believe that every person can make a difference, can contribute to whatever it is, because we're somehow brainwashed into thinking like how little our contribution is. This is something that we need to kind of move away from, which is PaveGen literally is doing something about like showing people that one step could translate to xyz you know you could get rewarded you get you get to light you know a bulb um and so on so that's fascinating yeah yeah thanks so um i do have two more questions um one is could you share where you see prevailing trends in sustainability go and um are they you know of course, there, there's relevance. You've already shared relevance of it, you know, earlier and the motivations of, of many ambassadors out there. But do share with us um, where you think all these um, sustainability is heading toward in the next, you know, five, six years. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I think that I said earlier that, you know, people are now taking sustainability serious. I, seriously. Now, I think if you look at what, where the investments are now, a big company would say, and, and let's use all of the Emirates again. They'd say, look, we've spent um, 100 million dirhams on solar energy and we're now the greenest mall in the whole of the Middle East. Mm. We've also put up 100 million uh, dirhams worth of uh, wind power. Uh, we've also got a really smart um, air conditioning system that is 50% more efficient than anything on the market. Um, so we put huge volume of capital into, um, into all this. Now, the average visitor to the Mall of the Emirates doesn't know um, that's happened. 
They may put a sign up, but they don't know it's happened. And I think what we're seeing now is many companies have done the same investment that all of the Emirates have done. And I think it's owned by, is it Majid al Futain Group own, own uh, all of the Emirates? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Uh, I'm we're going to say familiar. it is. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. I, I, it's I, awarded I'm them. I'm 99% sure <laughs> Majid uh, al Futain own it. And, and uh, I apologize if it's not their one, but I think it is. And, and they say, look, we spent all this money, we've put all this resource into it. No one knows. The final part we need to do is we need to engage our stakeholders. Our customers need to be part of the journey with us. And I think that government, society, everyone realizes that they've, they've, they've done their big investments, their capex on their energy saving. But now it's about bringing society with them. So I see, we, we see this huge trend in empowering the next generation. Now, they have to do it. Not, not just let's say that you know, they, they want to do it because they want to engage the stakeholders, but they're not going to be able to hire the next generation of employees without having a strong CSR, ESG objective to their business. Exactly. So they know that to, to bring on the, the, the future uh, generations, they need to be really deeply embedded in it. So, you know, these guys are all panicking and saying, look, we need to do something. And I think we, we're one of the, the, the options that allow them to achieve those goals. And that's what kind of governments and societies are moving to. I think, I think we, we're only just starting this, this change. Right. I think that the, the infrastructure that's got to happen um, is huge to achieve these goals. Um, so if you take a snapshot in on, say, like UK housing, um, it's so inefficient it's unbelievable and they don't really know how to how to make it greener um in a sustainable uh, cost-effective way you know asking people to spend a six months salary just to get a slightly greener new way of heating their house for something like an air source heat pump oh, isn't God, sustainable we need to find new ways to allow them to change it and i think if you look at uh you know the, the, there's still the behavior change side in in the middle east and that that everyone loves their they gas guzzling cars and it's part of life. But to change that, you need a really massive shift in people's perception so that everyone wants a Tesla and everyone wants to be driving the, I don't know, a, a Neo or whatever the electric car is. And it's the new thing. And I think we need to really change people's perceptions to, to wean us off this, this fossil fuel that we've been on for so long. Um, so I think there's a big challenge ahead and we need, I guess, groups like yours, massive organizations who are committed to making this change otherwise 2050 is going to be a pretty dark place to live exactly and you know regardless of us being here or not but that you know there's a whole lineup of generation uh, that's going to be relying on that right um so aside from last question Lawrence, and i will let you go i promise um, aside from advocating and utilizing pavegen uh, as a tool for sustainability how else do you think businesses and governments aid in pushing sustainability can aid in pushing sustainability yeah so i think there's there's loads of different ways the governments are doing it i think that if you look in say dubai and dial in on that market i think the government has a, a fantastic track record of being early adopters so they are the first people to do those proof of concepts take that risk to commit to be the first anchor clients of that new startup that has potential to save, you know, a billion tons of carbon. So I think the government's having that appetite for risk. Um, I wish I could say the same about the British government, but we definitely over here in the UK are only just cracked into government municipal markets here and it's going great, but it's taken me a long time. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, we were working with DIWA and people like the RTA um, and, and shall we tag, like Lawrence? Um, shall we tag um, the British government here? <laughs> let's tag him. Let's tag Boris. Let's yeah, tag him. I, mean, I, 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 uh, I think Boris has got enough on his plate at the moment. <laughs> worrying about getting it in the ear from me, and I, I apologise for all his 
the bloody parties he's been having. But um, <laughs> in, in a more serious note is, is mm. that you need those governments to, to commit. You need to have um, government incentives to facilitate uh, deployments of these new technologies where maybe it doesn't um, add up financially. The CapEx is you know, outweighs the cost and it's got to change like that. Um, and I think also corporations have a big part to play in this. Um, mm. You need corporations to lead the way. And, and you know, Google are doing a lot, but those huge corporations with deep pockets are going to be the key methods of change. And I think a really good analogy is, look, if, if the government of the UK have an idea and they want to tell the world, and, and let's say it's you know something positive, it's going to cost them and take them a huge amount of effort to communicate a message to the world. Mm. Now, if Coca-Cola have a message to tell the world, they just turn the marketing machine on and the world knows, you know, yeah. Santa Claus, you know, that's a Coca-Cola marketing issue. Exactly. Everyone knows about it. I so love the corporations. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it wouldn't be Christmas without that. And yeah. fair enough, it's taken years to do, but if a brand puts his mind and money to a problem and a message, it can really help that transition. So I think we need more corporates really leading the way um, to make that change happen because they are the powerful, most powerful entities that transcend, countries cities and and uh, more than governments as well yes the, the pen that signs it off right exactly thank you so much lawrence uh, for your time today again for pavegen ladies and gentlemen dear listeners lawrence campbell cook is with pavegen we'll be sharing the link how to get in touch with him and his team to know more about this amazing product that will change our tomorrow with one step at a time Thank you so much, Lawrence. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time. It was really fun. Thanks, Tom. The future is gold. <laughs>